Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. No psychic medium Stephanie Burke. No science advisor Matt Moniz. They're both off tonight. But I'm not alone. Which is good because I hate doing the show alone. Normally if I have to do the show alone I try and get out of it. But thankfully I have our guest for tonight in the studio. And she's... She's looking pretty nervous here. Why, why are you so nervous? Am I supposed to hear you? I don't, why, can, why can't I hear you? Oh, you can't hear me? No. Oh, because oh, I'm hitting the wrong button. Try that. Now talk. Hello. There you are. <laughs> See? There you go. I'm like, wait, am I supposed to introduce myself or is that? No, I can introduce you. I just, I didn't want you to yeah, feel like you're be being left out of the conversation <laughs> here. So, but we've been hyping this up for a couple of weeks that you were going to be on the show. We have, are we using your real name? We yeah, already did yeah. a promotion. Yeah. Okay. So we have Amanda Millette <laughs> joining us. Hi. And if you haven't already seen the article that was written about her, uh, we had it at WBSM.com and on Fun107.com. That article went viral. Really? Yeah. It was on all kinds. I mean, I sick. We, we have all of these, you know, stations that are within the Town Square company that picked it up and carried it. And then, of course, Ultimate Explained, our, our national paranormal site had it. But I was seeing this in, what, Texas, New Jersey. I mean, people were really interested in your story because you have not only started exploring some of the haunted places of New England, which we're going to talk about some of those tonight, but also you've done a really deep dive into the what you feel is the innocence of Lizzie Borden. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. So. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't have all the things I thought might happen when the microphones were cracked and we went live. I didn't think the giggles would be the case, but uh, that's where we're at. So. You gave me alcohol. I don't know. All right. I'm not supposed to say on the radio. You're, okay. you're, you're making it sound like I had some nefarious purpose. <laughs> It's literally the leftover champagne from the spooky South Coast 16th anniversary party. It's very Andrew Borden of him. He just has like this leftover stuff that he's had for weeks, but he doesn't want to throw it away. Right. I mean, listen. It's still good. <laughs> I've had a lot of battles with Andrew Borden's spirit over the years, oh, supposedly no. Andrew Borden's spirit. But at the end, like at the end of the day, like at our core, we're, we're kind of similar guys. We're both frugal. We both like to, you know. Yankees. Pinch some pennies. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to, you know, deny my family running water in the house when it's available. Uh, I'm not going to make them eat rancid food. Although I guess, and we're going to get definitely into some of the, the myth and legend versus the fact of, of the Lizzie Borden case. And I know every time I say Lizzie, uh, you know, your back's going to itch because she wants to be called Lizbeth. But, um, you know, as we get into some of that, we can pull apart some of those stories. And from what I understand, the rancid mutton stew might be more myth than truth. Well, it was rancid swordfish. <laughs> swordfish? Swordfish the night before and then rancid mutton stew in the morning. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, it was it was summertime. They didn't even have an right. ice box. I was going to say, like, you didn't really have great preserve. Well, they had an ice box, but they didn't have running refrigerators or right. anything. Uh, but if you think about it, Andrew's not going to feed them something he wouldn't eat himself, right? So... I mean, he was eating it too. And then so they all got sick. Couldn't so. have been that bad. I mean, we've so. all been there. Haven't you ever like opened up the fridge, taken out the milk and being like, um, maybe let me just taste it. 
Again, I'm pretty uh, sure maybe. that's your thing because you're like, okay, I'm just going to taste this. And if it tastes okay, then you can drink it. Well, like, it's okay, kind you know. of the bachelor life, you know, like <laughs> I was going through my fridge the other day and found pickles from like 2019. So I was like, I should probably throw it. But it wasn't like those were the only pickles I had. I just kept buying more pickles and the 2019 ones were way in the back. So it's, it's, it's a th- whole thing. We're talking about pickles now. It's a whole thing. Uh, so we, as I said, you know, we had this article and I don't even, I don't remember how I came across you originally. Um, I want to say you like DM'd me on Instagram. I don't know. That, <laughs> and I was like, who the heck is this weirdo? That that sounds creepy. So that, that then, checks out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds um, like me. And then I was like, wait, is this guy like for real? And I was like, are you like famous or something? Like what? <laughs> I tried telling you I <laughs> was you and you do? didn't believe me. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I get a lot of weird messages. I believe it. But, you know, I started noticing that you were doing a lot of research into Lizzie Borden. And as people that listen to this show know, it's something that we've been looking into, you know, the whole 16 years that we've been doing this show. And it just so happened that, you know, there's been a tumultuous period going on over there over the last year or so with the sale of the house and Leanne's passing. And so it's been, you know, it's been a year where I think that the... It's fair to say, you know, not not casting any aspersions on anybody, mm-hmm. but it's it's almost fair to say that with all of the stuff that's been going on there, that the Lizzie story has kind of taken a back seat, at least on this show, for the past year, and uh, and certainly I think in in kind of some of the discussions around here, that it's in from again I don't want to get into disparaging comments, but people who have gone to the house have said, you know, it's more about the ghosts now than it is the history. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a review that you can read right on, you know, Google and and Facebook reviews and everything like that. So, and that's, you know, whatever, if that's the direction that they're going, but it seems like that history has been gone. So when I saw that you were, you know, really diving into that and trying to find new angles and new information, I found that to be very interesting because, for a long time, everybody has kind of just accepted the surface story and thrown Lizzie under the bus as a result. Definitely. (laughs) And so what was it that drew you into? So let's just start at the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) I know that you have had an interest in this stuff for a long time and it, and it was passed down to you. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll start right from the beginning. Um, so I got like m- more into paranormal stuff. Um, well, like my, you want me to talk about my dad? Is that what you're it was up to about? you. Oh, all right, well, let's get into it. Let's get like really personal with all these people. Um, so my dad tragically passed away when I was um, seven years old. Um, all I really knew about him was that he was a mechanic and he loved paranormal stuff and horror movies. Like we literally watched Candyman together. I was afraid of mirrors for like a decade. As you should be. Now I collect them like a creep. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, so like anything creepy or horror or paranormal related was just another way to feel close to him. Um, So the first overnight investigation I ever did, well, quote unquote investigation, just me bringing like my spirit box and like an EMF reader was at the Lizzie Borden house um, or Back then it was Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. Um, and it was just like one of the best nights of my whole life. Like it, I learned about history. I learned that, you know, everyone assumes that Lizzie Borden is guilty, but this tour guide there was so sure that she was innocent and she convinced me. I was like, okay, this makes sense. Um, 
And it was also, sorry. I was going to say, you went into it thinking Lizzie was guilty? Is that how you felt? Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to like um, like one of my favorite podcasts, Morbid Podcast, and um, they basically talked about all the ways that she was guilty. And I was like, yeah, that sounds legit, like for sure. Because that's, everyone says that, right? Um, then I went there, the tour guide said that she was not guilty. And that kind of sparked something in me like, huh, maybe that's true. And then also the house is haunted AF. So <laughs> I was like, holy crap, there is life after death. Like my my dad is still out there. Um, which was the biggest thing. And then it sort of catapulted from there. I started going to like haunted places because um, I had moved from New Hampshire to Vermont during the pandemic. So it was like really hard to make friends and socialize and everything. Um, so to get out of the house, I was like, oh, haunted places near me. And I would just start going. Um, but then I just started talking about, I made like a joke video on TikTok. Like, could you stay the night at the Lizzie Borden house? And it went mega viral like overnight. And it was like, <laughs> it was crazy. And everyone, all these youths, right? Middle school, high school, whatever, were like, who the heck is Lizzie Borden? And I was like, wow. I need to tell people. Like it literally, right now it has 7.5 like million views. Like it's crazy. Um, and I was like, ah, what is happening right now? Um, but I didn't post about it right away. I didn't like Google something and then just start talking about it on the internet. I literally took 10 days off and read like four books. Don't ask me to list them right now because my brain is not working. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> like I got like into the case and I, the more when I learned something, I would share it. Like, oh my God, guys, this is what I found out. And then people kept asking for more. I was like, you guys want a part eight? A part, there's like part 56 right now or something on there. But um, when I went to the house the first time, I was like, okay, yeah, no, she's definitely innocent. The next day we visited the um, Oak Grove Cemetery and it was like this beautiful day. It was like, you know, in New England when it's turning from winter into springtime and it's like all of a sudden like gorgeous out and you're like, wow, this is like that euphoria almost that you feel. Mm -hmm. I went to the cemetery and almost like, it was almost like the clouds all broke away. I saw um, Lizbeth's grave and I just like in my head, I was like, you're innocent. And there was like a ladybug. I'm going to sound like an insane person. Not on this show, no. <laughs> but there was like a ladybug um, like sitting right on the grave. And I was like, in my in my brain, it was like, this is your sign. You need to talk about this. But at this point, I didn't have a TikTok. Like I didn't have a platform. I literally had like a thousand followers on my Instagram that got deleted. But <laughs> that was literally all the platform that I had. So I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Um but then suddenly I started posting about it on TikTok and it went viral instantly. And it was insane. Um, so it just very much felt like I was supposed to be talking about it. And, and you know, when it comes to, you, know, you said you took 10 days and researched it, but you've you've continued researching since then. You're oh, yeah. probably the only person I know that has three copies of the Lizzie Borden source book. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, well, it, I, a lot of times I'll buy something like in a lot and if it's in there I'll just be like yeah why not like yeah no it's it, it was for a long time it was a very hard to find book really so yeah so I mean definitely hold on to that because yeah. I, I think it's still pretty it still goes for pretty good money okay, okay, um, okay. but there's I was gonna give it away <laughs> there's, there's um, not anymore <laughs> there's capitalism <laughs> as you go through some of the, those books though you find that there's a lot of stuff that was conjecture by some of these authors oh, yeah. that was later presented as fact. I mean, if you look mm -hmm. at a private disgrace, Victoria Lincoln's book, I mean, people took what was in that book as mm -hmm. gospel for a long time until- Same with Edwin H. Porter. Mm -hmm, yeah. That, but you, then you start pulling apart those threads and you realize like, this is just speculation <laughs> on the part of the authors. Well, it's like, it started out with like, 
Okay, so I, I mean, I'm just going to say right off the bat, I don't think Lizzie Borden was guilty. Um, so for the Fall River Police Department, there was like the pressure was on to make an arrest. So it wasn't about making, it wasn't about figuring out who the murder was and bringing them to justice. It was just about making an arrest and not looking like they're idiots. Um, so like two days into the investigation, they're like, I don't know. Lizzie Borden doesn't act like a, a woman should, so she must be guilty. And then they just like ran with that because every lead that they got, and there were plenty of leads and plenty of suspects and people that probably, you know, could have done it, but they couldn't get anywhere with that. So they were like, okay, let's just pin it on her. Um, so anyway, so like the, a lot of the reporters at the time were police reporters. So they had to lean the articles in that direction to point at her guilt. Um, so they didn't look like idiots. I don't know. It's well, okay to say on the radio, but yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it was in the 1800s. Okay. <laughs> Listen, if any of those Fall River police, to, you know, police officers are still alive in retirement, <laughs> and uh, you know, are listening to the show at, at 150 years old, yeah, you know, you can call in and debate if that's the case. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. Could you imagine that 150 year old phone call? <laughs> this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. Also, what is this thing I'm speaking into? Is this a woman on the radio? <laughs> right. Get well, her off. <laughs> but that's a good. That's a good point. I can see her ankles. Is uh, <laughs> that was uh, that's uh, scandalous. But when you think about it, you're right in the fact that they did need somebody to pin it on, and that the reporters of the day would certainly have that relationship with the police. The other part of it is, it was hugely sensational mm -hmm. for it to be the daughter. Of Andrew Borden, oh, yeah, and they that so up. dramatic, and so of course you're going to sell more newspapers by writing about Lizzie Borden. And and granted, now they mm -hmm. didn't write about her being guilty, but they certainly chronicled every mm -hmm. single thing that was going on. Mm -hmm. no. There's definitely a lot of newspapers that wrote that she was guilty, sure. or that she was having a weird relationship with any of her family members. But they, what they did is they wrote every single thing that happened you know she dropped her you know she dropped her kerchief and had to bend over to pick it up like you know all these little minute details that i i don't know a lot about crime reporting of the day but i think like they were hyper fixated yeah. on everything that she did and almost to present it as like they wanted the audience the, the readership to feel like they had to scrutinize every move that she made mm -hmm. and certainly you know when you go back and look at uh the way that that was covered and the way that it was reported, I question, and you've gone through the source book, I've gone through the source book, which is made up of all the articles of the time. I question how much of it is really legitimate reporting because um, it differentiates yeah. it, from one article to the other. It's so different from some of these accounts. Yep. Now, do you find that as you are... As you're looking into the way that the, 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 the arrest happened and, and all that, you know, you said that the, the pressure was on, but at the same time, there was also, how can I put this? There was animosity to some degree toward that family. And I've never really understood what that animosity was. I understand, mm -hmm. you know, Andrew Borden was... A, a tenacious businessman who didn't get along with everybody, but it almost seemed like there was a delight in something mm -hmm. wrong going on with this family. And if yeah. that's the case, anybody that's, you know, was the surviving members of that family were going to be ostracized in some way or another. Yeah. Well, they were like all excited about it. I mean, <laughs> even, even, I mean, if I was alive back then, I probably would be like, holy. But even other Bordens were, you know, 
throwing them under the bus and saying, oh, yeah, we always knew there was something wrong in that house. Oh, Hiram C. Harrington. But when you think we about, about think about <laughs> how it goes in modern terms, you know, nowadays you always have the neighbors that say, oh, he was such a nice boy. I didn't realize he had, you know, 18 people skinned alive in his basement. <laughs> but it, it just seemed like a lot of people at that time were ready to say, oh, yeah, we always knew the Bordens. There was something yeah. going on in that house. Well what's, well, what's interesting is that, like, when the murders happened, no one was like, oh my God, hide your kids, hide your wife. Like, we don't know if there's a murderer on the loose. They were like, I guess whoever killed them wanted to kill Andrew Borden. And, you know, you and I have talked about this, and this is something that we haven't really explored on this program very much. There could have been a serial killer at that time. Oh, yeah. Because there was a string of axe murders mm -hmm. that happened mm -hmm. from right around that time until into the 1920s. So, and they followed the rail line. Yep, man on the train. So, exactly. it, it could have been that it wasn't anybody related to them or anybody from Fall River or anybody, you know, having any business with Andrew. It could have been a complete stranger in just a very random circumstance. Honestly, that's not a terrible theory. Um, so, I was actually, I was listening to another book today because I'm a psycho. Um I was talking about how there's multiple people that reported the same suspicious looking character on the house. I'm sure you've heard about this, mm -hmm. like around five foot four, disheveled looking. Literally this one, I, don't, I have to find more information about this before I'd be like, yeah, I know everything. Huh? But um, this woman named Ellen who was walking to the store and saw, oh, I wonder why Bridget is washing the windows on such a hot morning, strange. And then on the way back, she was like, oh, I'm gonna go check it out, see if she's the poor thing is still working out there. And she saw something that really scared her. She saw a man who just looked not right, like disheveled. She could smell him. She said she couldn't describe the smell. It wasn't like sweat, like it was something undescribable, indescribable. <laughs> um, she literally like saw like he looked like he was in the board and yard, looked her in the eye. She ran away. She literally fainted because um, that's what women are supposed to do in that time anyway. Um, and she was, <laughs> when she heard that Lizzie was arrested, she was like, huh, I wonder why they're not looking at this guy that I saw, because she's not the only one who saw him. Um, <laughs> and, but she just sort of just never followed up on it. And the Fall River Police Department in the 1800s literally didn't follow up on that either. Well, that sounded like work. To try and track right. this guy down, right? The mm. and that, of course, lends into this this theory that's popped up over the years of Andrew's illegitimate son. Oh yeah, which we have no proof of, but it doesn't stop people from speculating right. and saying, like, obviously it was Billy Borden who showed up there <laughs> and you know was so upset about his family mm -hmm. abandoning him that he murdered them. Um, part of me thinks, well, if that's the case, why didn't he wait till he could get the whole family? Right, uh, and also. If you if you go back and look at the way that these murders took place, and, and it took me going to the house for the first time to really understand it. Uh, when I first walked in, and of course, you know, when you go into the house, nobody uses the front door. They, they come in through the kitchen door, at least they used to. I don't know if they've changed that. Yeah, they still do that. But you come in through the kitchen, so you have to walk through the downstairs, and then, you know, you'll usually go up the main staircase, which is by the front door. And when you come up that staircase... That looks into the room. They mm -hmm. call it the John Morris room now, but that's the room where Abby Borden was killed. Mm -hmm. And it took me walking through the house and getting to that point to realize, oh my God, she saw who it was that was coming at her. 
Like she saw the person coming because if she was, let's just say she was where she was found falling mm -hmm. on the ground. And that's up for debate with some people mm -hmm. too. Uh, but if she was standing in that position, making the bed with her back to the dresser behind her, then that means that when somebody walked into the door of that room, they were looking directly at her. So she would have seen this person more than likely. She would have seen this person coming at her. And it seemed like she would have known who that person was because she didn't try to run away. That's up for debate. Um, well, so, some would say that she tried to like get as far away in the corner as she could and try to get like actually under the bed a little bit. Like her body was actually found a little under the bed. So, so she thought like, you know, as he's, but why would you go under and not over if somebody's coming at you? Have you ever been um, axe murdered or oh, attempted axe murdered? Also, would you like to? No offense. <laughs> no offense would you to, like, to Abby Borden. Would you like us to offer you <laughs> to butter your mouth? <laughs> she was not a small woman. Yeah. So oh, that's a good point. Actually. It might have been, you know, it just would seem easier to go over than under. But, you know, whatever. I yeah. mean, you're also panicked in that moment. Right. So you might not be thinking, you know, totally clearly. <laughs> but that's when I realized, like, wow, she had to have seen who it was that was coming at her one way or the other. I mean, there's po it's possible she had her head down and somebody snuck up. But really, like, it just lent. And I always thought it was somebody that came from behind. Yeah. Until you get there and you realize it couldn't have been that way. Well, didn't, Unless the body was moved. Didn't the first blow go to, like, the side of her face? I believe so. Yeah. So then, I'm sure. and then of course, you know, Andrew Borden was supposedly napping when it happened to him. And it would, it would have been very easy, even if he was awake, it would have been very easy the way that that couch was positioned. By the way, mm -hmm. not the same couch. I always have to reiterate that because mm -hmm. people still think that it is. The original one got a little dirty, as Leanne used to say. <laughs> but it's totally possible that somebody could have came in from the back door and gone into the dining room, mm -hmm. which had doors that opened both in the kitchen end and in the, the parlor end. Or the, so I always get confused. Is that room the parlor or the sitting room? I um, get the parlor and the, the sitting room confused. The sitting room, oh, I'm going to afraid I'm going to speak here, but the sitting room was where Andrew was found. And then the okay, parlor the parlor is the fancier room. Right. Okay. I always get them confused. Cause, so, right. Because parlors were like what had the funerals and everything. Well, par right. no, no. When I grew up, the parlor was the living room. Oh, because so, you're old, yeah. Yeah, when like my grandparents would say... I'm just going to roast you on your own show. That's fine. My grandparents would say, you, you know, uh, oh, go go in the parlor. Like, I'd be like, what? You mean the living room? Because they didn't have, there wasn't two. So, like, they were talking about the living room. They also used to call their front porch the piazza, and I've never heard anybody else call it that before. But uh, anyway... from New England? Yeah. Okay. Um, this Are they? Yeah. They're, they're, uh, okay. Yeah. They lived in, well, my grandmother was from the next town over, but they lived in this town pretty much their whole lives. And they were just outside of Boston, Rand Randolph, Randolph, Massachusetts. So, and I'll tell you stories about that house too. Um, yes. We haven't, I haven't even dove into that on the air, but I've got, I, I might've mentioned it on Midnight Society, but I got new information recently about the hauntings in that house. And it totally threw me for a loop because... Like, I thought I'd explain stuff away my whole life, but my aunts and my mom were basically like, oh, no, that that closet that you never went into? Oh, that's because there were ghosts in there. I thought so, but I <laughs> talked myself out of thinking that. Um, but anyway, and then the whole thing that happened with my cousin when there was a fire, but it feels like a tease. I, for 16 years now, I've been planning on bringing in 
my aunt, my uncle, and my cousin to talk about the haunted house that they lived in in Halifax, which is what really got me started on all this, and what happened in it's fine, and what happened in the um, in the house, my grandmother's house too. Uh, and I keep saying like, oh, we'll do it, we'll do it this year, we'll do it this year, and then we never end up doing it. But it, it's it's going to be a very raw and emotional show for sure. Anyway, so the parlor. The room where Andrew was found. Yeah, there's two entrances from the dining room. That's the sitting room. The sitting room, fine. Okay. Oh well, I'll tell you about what happened in the parlor. Okay. So, Moniz, who you don't get to meet tonight, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, is everybody just like, oh, Amanda's coming, better, pretty better much. be out of yeah. here for Valentine's yeah, Day? Yeah, that was pretty much. No, it has nothing <laughs> to do with Moniz isn't not here because of Valentine's Day. He's literally not here because of you. Um, oh, no, that's not true. Okay, I thought I was gonna, I was gonna be his Valentine. No, you don't, you don't want that. That's awkward. You don't want that. Okay. He's a creep. Um, <laughs> so he, it's okay. I say it all the time on the show. <laughs> he is at the house, and there was this young girl, Renee. Uh, I wonder what happened, to Renee. Renee, we miss you if you're listening. Uh, but him and Renee were sitting in the parlor, not the sitting room. They were in the parlor. And they were talking, and as they were talking, there was a heavy silver picture frame on the table between them, and that picture frame floated in midair off the table, and then started floating across the room, going kind of end over end to the middle of the room, and then I guess, I think if I remember right, like halfway through it either like flew into the wall and smashed or fell down and smashed, but they both sat there and watched this thing pick up and just move out into the middle of the room on its own. What was in the picture frame? Like what photo? Uh, I'm not sure. The they're showing you clues, and you're the picture frame it itself is still. I mean, unless <laughs> unless um, unless they took it out when it Leanne sold the house, but the picture frame was still in the house. I think there was just no more glass in the photo in the frame, so it was silver. Hmm. So it might still be in there. So you know, if you happen to be going there anytime soon, you could take a look <laughs> and see if that silver picture frame is still in there. It's um, you know, very ornate, kind of like you know the the, like the curly design around the outside of it, and it's heavy silver. There was the time that we did the séance, and there was a picture of Lizzie that we put on, or Lisbeth, Lisbeth, that we put on the center of the table. To you, sir. And during this table tipping session we were doing, uh, the uh, I was this is back in the days when I used to provoke. And I was provoking yeah. Andrew, which I would do quite often. And also, you know, you you read my book. There's something dark that I feel yeah, like lives funny. there and pretends. In one sitting because it was so short. <laughs> and the picture frame is in the middle. And I'm trying to goad Andrew into this. And I'm like, I'm hinting at the rumors of there being an inappropriate relationship between the two oh, of them. No. And I was like, Andrew, out of everybody that you could have had, you picked your ugly ass daughter you did not. I was just trying to get a rise. Again, like I said, this Am is Am I back... allowed to threaten violence over the radio? Well, I've changed. Okay. So well, I've, I've, the Houghton Mansion changed Is that what you mean? Me. Like you don't think that you'd be welcome there? No. Oh, other... No. Okay, alive no. people. Yeah, okay. alive people. All right, no. cool, cool, The spirits cool, cool, are cool, lovely same, now. Cool, cool, yeah. So the, the table has the picture of Lizzie in the middle, and I'm, I'm pushing and pushing and pushing. And then all of a sudden, as the table goes one way tilted toward the other people, the picture frame comes flying up at me and like sliced my hand. That's what you get. I know. It is. It's what I get. Did I you ever apologize? It. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my god! Every time I go there, I apologize for everything I'm doing. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm here. I'm no, sorry. I don't. I don't do that. I literally that. walk through the sitting room where Andrew. I think his spirit a lot of times resides there. I just go, pardon me, <laughs> Mr. Borden, pardon me. No, so after after I had the experience that changed my approach, I went back to the next time I went to the Lizzie Borden house. I apologize for the way that I had acted in some of my previous investigations because I was not very nice. I was kind of, it wasn't like I was being mean. It's just that I was impatient. Well, uh, saying what you were implying and well, saying it, that he, she was ugly. It, Her and I look alike. I know. I feel a person. I don't attacked. really feel that she was ugly. I, I was just doing attacked. it to get a rise out of him. That's so mean. I don't think that she was ugly. She was, as, as they would say in the time, a handsome woman. Oh, my God. Which wasn't always a compliment. Yeah, well, they were rude AF to her. So. Well, and if you look back at the way that she was already... I mean... Like, we've got the book here, Parallel Lives, which yeah. talks about Lizzie Borden and, and her fall river. I'm the time do weightlifting with that. Like, it is it's a huge book. I'm they really, put a lot of time really and effort excited. into that. And, and um, Dennis and Michael just did a fantastic job with that. But the... You know, that kind of gives you an idea of what the city was like at the time. And a 33-year-old woman was not looked upon favorably in society at that time. Right, because she was unmarried. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> she wasn't womanly, quote-unquote. And there are... She had her own money. She don't need no man. There are stories <laughs> that she... There were stories that she had a boyfriend. There were stories of that, yeah. There were stories that she had... Get it, girl. Girlfriends. Get it. Uh, and, and certainly later on in life, there were stories that she had a girlfriend... Nance. With Nance O'Neill. So, I mean, Get it. that's, but that's going to lead to, you know, whispering and snickering and, you know, yeah. those kind of conversations. So she was, I, I, I almost kind of want to correlate it to the witchcraft accusations. I was thinking that same exact thing today because we have the same brain. We do. The... <laughs> Accusations of witchcraft had nothing to do with people practicing black magic or putting curses on anybody like that or anything like that. It had to do with him having a knowledge that a woman shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. So if you knew or how, property. right, no property, but if you knew how to, if you knew things about animal husbandry, which is for those who don't know the mating of animals, uh, you know how to get them to mate, what? when to get them to mate. You've never heard that term? No. Animal husbandry. What? Yeah, that's what it's called. Well, mating was not an appropriate word to use at the time, so animal husbandry was the word because it was a patriarchy. So that was the word for bringing animals together at the right time to make sure that they made the right babies. Thank you so much for sharing with well, the class. The more you know. <laughs> and so if you knew about animals like that, if you knew about herbs and, and garden, you know, if you obviously women were expected to be the gardeners, but if you knew how to take those herbs that you were growing and turn them into medicines and things like that, well, that was witchcraft. Witch. So all of these bits and pieces of things that you, you know, you weren't supposed to know. And certainly if it was something that you knew more than a man, that was frowned upon and you were looked upon as a witch. And not only just by the men, but by the other women too. So maybe there was still a lot of that type of mentality still going on. Because if you think about it, the Victorian era was almost like a second puritanical era. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was a lot of the same kind of carryover. You know, she might have been an accused axe murderer who had all of these, or murderess, who had all of these 
um, quirks about her that people buzzed about in town in 1892, but in 1692, she might have been, you know, burned at the stake. Or actually, that never really happened in Massachusetts. It was more, it was more tying rocks to them. Well, they still wanted to hang her. Yeah. So. The... The other downside of the way that that story has been presented, and we've talked about this off the air, is how much the truth has been bastardized over the years because we have let so much of what's been discussed in the paranormal world enter its way into the story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we, mm -hmm. we talked about the supposed abortions that took place. Oh, my God. And that was something that came about from psychics ah. saying that. And if you think back, why would a psychic say that? If 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 it wasn't a legitimate message that came from the other side, I can find different reasons why psychics would want to say that. Because it's salacious, because mm -hmm. it gets attention, right. because it makes it look like you figured it out when nobody else has. I have a problem with people going on TV and saying these horrible things about people who can no longer defend themselves. And unfortunately, you know, that's Ghosts what these shows thrive too. on. Well, they were people too. They are. Uh, well, I mean, uh, oh, 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 I mean, depends on how you define people. Um, I mean, they're missing their physical bodies. You know what that is? No, that's the phones. We have a phone call. Oh, do you want to take a phone call? Sure. You talk or something. I don't know. Whatever. Let's take a Hello. phone call. <laughs> Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. What's shaking, Playboy? Oh, it's Lamone. I told you about Lamone. <laughs> hey, hey, it's about time. She, she, he told me a lot of wonderful things about you, young lady. And I'm supposed to send for you to come to Vegas to visit me. Uh, too bad it's Valentine's Day. is so close. You know, curses. But we'll, we'll work on something else on that. So, um, you remember when I was telling you how, like, uh, Tom Brady, when I told you he was going to leave, he was going to go somewhere warm? Right. He wanted to go to Miami. He wanted to go to Miami. But Miami, uh, the... The coach was there right there. He didn't want it, you know. Uh, he was they were on a on a on a yacht, and he didn't want to be get caught, you know, trying to tampering anything. So that's that's all the, how that happened. How he went to, to Tampa Bay instead of the, with the Miami. But I was right though. I was totally right. And so um, I think he's going to go into the Hall of Fame with his, the Tampa Bay. Um, oh, I don't Tampa know about Bay. that. I mean, well, Lamone showing off his his psychic abilities. He guessed that the forty something year old quarterback would go to a warm climate. Oh, and I told you, and, I told you, and this was back. This was back in back in the beginning of September. Back in the season started, so it was like it was a way before anybody had anything to complain about. I told you way back then, so that was that time. I'm pretty good. So, um, I, did you see the 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 Pro Bowl game? No, no, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to watch any sports in a long time. Well, last week you know it was here in Las Vegas. I uh, I had a sign that said that said it says Spooky South Coast, Tim W. That's what it said on. I didn't have enough did, room to write your whole Did it make it on TV? I think so. I've seen people people say, hey, I've so, seen TV. Who's Tim W? He's, a, yeah. he's a pretty famous Never guy. Never heard of him. So back, uh, let me tell you, Lamone, back in the in the late 90s, I, I got my start in the media by writing a wrestling column for the local newspaper. And, and the name of my column was Inside Wrestling. So I used to say to people, like, if you go to wrestling, hold up a sign that says something about Inside Wrestling or Tim Weisberg, see if it gets on TV. And I actually have, like, screenshots from the television of it, of people holding up signs. So I thought that was pretty cool. There's, I actually have one from, like, 2012 or something where CM Punk is standing in the middle of the ring. And there's a sign behind him that says something about me. 
and it made it on like WWE.com. So I bet I bet he felt pretty good about that Slim Punk. I'm sure. Yeah, that. Yeah. So what uh, do you what you, do you think about Lizzie Borden, Lamone? Have you looked into that story oh, at all? I think Lizzie Borden was a, a very nice looking woman. Not like my women thick. You know what I'm feeling like that. You know, I could have fun with Lizzie. <laughs> You know, um, you know I, Lizzie Borden and I actually yeah. have very similar measurements, so I thought you should oh, know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Same Timmy. height and everything, yeah. <laughs> now he's, he's buying you that plane ticket to Vegas as we speak. <laughs> and see, that's what I'm talking about. See, I like a little, little thickness on them. I've got, like, I've, I've got boxes and shirts you can wear when you come over and come to stay for a while. You know, maybe I'll take you and show you some spooky things here. I'll take you to the Zach Bagan Haunted Museum if you like to go there. You want to go to Zach Bagan's museum? I heard own? there's a mirror there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. It's like fifty two dollars. That's that's start off with, but but it's like scary. I tell you one thing: if you do come and you're not with me, or whoever else is gonna go there, and they're not gonna be with me, yeah, I'm telling you, you go. Don't touch anything. They'll offer here. Hold this. They'll tell you, don't touch anything. You keep keep them touching the walls or anything. There's something that's gonna they'll say, oh, you got something gonna follow you home, and they do sometimes. A lot of things follow people home from that place. And I used to go, and um, when I was in high school, I used to go to the Rancho, and um, a lot of that's why right over there by Las Vegas High School. I used to go ditch school over there. We used to go over there and at that place, it was a little mansion, it was the Wingert Mansion, and we'd go over there and get uh, party and stuff like that, things like that, and kicking. So, so like, I don't want to say too too many things, but you know, you, we're all of age, I guess. So the statute of limitations has run out. I'm 15. Oh yeah, okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> And I get my tree from Willie Nelson. I get my tree from Willie Nelson, in case you couldn't tell. So I like, I like to, I got to keep my figure, so I got to keep it going on. I don't want to make it all anorexic and stuff, heaven forbid. I hate that when that happens. So, yeah. So um, I was thinking that would be kind of cool. We're going to do, uh, we've got a bunch of new movies coming up here next month. Batman. Actually, I'm going to be doing uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. I mean, would you like to come out here, come out and visit sometime, my little friend? Maybe you could be my be my date. That'd be kind of nice. Do I have and a Valentine? Yes, you do. I'll be, be I'll be a big chocolate covered, candy coated uh, Valentine. <laughs> if you don't mind that. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, Lamar. Now that we've made a love yeah. connection, I think uh, I think we're running out of time here. Oh, rats. You know how many times I try to call, you never can get through that. Cost me five bucks just to unblock my phone number. Just well, just you know, just remember, every time your phone doesn't ring, that's us calling you. Oh, that's you. You didn't call me. You supposed to call me. I, 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 he's I, I he's the only talk radio you. show guest in America that expects the show to call him. Well, hey, when you're very popular and, and in demand like I am, that's you know, true. Sometimes it, it's it's true. Like who's that? That's not oh, I go to police at the door. Never mind. So yeah, that's all it is. Just keep me one on it. So yeah, but like like I said, are you who's going to win tomorrow? You you got to got to win tomorrow. Uh, I I don't really have a, a horse in the race, but I'd like to see the Bengals win because if the Patriots aren't in, I go for the AFC team. Like I said, I I'm I'm an NFC guy. I'm Dallas Cowboys. No, born and bred. Like I said, my mother went to labor with me, watching the state of watching the Cowboys, and my cousin Tony Dorsett. So I was born to be a Cowboy fan. So I want the end. I don't like the Rams too much either, but I, I'd rather have the NFC win. But I think it's, I feel really bad because it, I think that the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I would like to see uh, Ken Anderson there. He's a good quarterback. He deserves to be there. And pers- like, I'm an old school guy. Like, for instance, Dan Fouts, he doesn't get the love he deserves. 
and it's like, um, ah, <laughs> come see, come saw. So when's your birthday, young lady? Um, <laughs> July. July, July what? 26. So by that time, what's your social security number? You know, I was going to say, what's my the street <laughs> that I grew up on, high school mascot? <laughs> what's your mother's maiden name? What's, your, <laughs> what's the name of your first pet? Ben, Ben Dover. Yeah, so uh, I'll, all right. I'll, I'll, by the time you, by the time that time comes, we could be the best of friends, and we could have a slumber party. Oh, the summertime! Did you like the Toy Story movies? <laughs> did, you, did you like Toy Story? And it, First stream of consciousness got, with Lamone. They've got a they've got a new movie. It's called going to be called a Buzz Lightyear. So that's a new movie. Just like you know, I'm doing the sneak preview of the movies. Well, Lamone, do you have TikTok? Is it because I said I was 15? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have TikTok. Oh, you need to get TikTok. get on TikTok and follow <laughs> at Spooky New England. Really? Well, if you could just give her my phone number, and then uh, we could do it like that. I can't. I, I can't hate, promise she'll keep it. I hate it. to do this on Valentine's Day, but um, I am getting married. Oh, really? I'm so sorry. Didn't you say you 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 wanted to be Mormon? So you could have a couple of husbands. <laughs> I have oh, been girl. to Utah. No, that's that's more oh, men, really? not Mormon. Okay. More women. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to Utah up to Utah next month. I'm going up to a. There's a guy called uh, the Pref, Professor Rock. He's having. Uh, he's going to be doing like interviews with, uh, with like Kenny Loggins. I might go up to see that. But um, there's also one with uh, with the uh, Air Supply, and I, that's how I lost my black card because I knew the songs like that. So I'm thinking about going up there and just representing. You know, say, hey, you know, you know. So that's that's a long okay. story. So when are you get married? October. <laughs> Of really? course. Well, well, happy happy early birth uh, wedding. Thank Curses. you. So, so, so if you're not married yet, <laughs> you still need to come to Las Vegas, right? <laughs> I knew he was going to go there with ain't it. married. <laughs> you don't watch The Office, Tim. I, I don't. No, I've watched it a few times, and I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be your I'll be your gay friend from Las Vegas. Hello. So then it's like this is this is going places that we can't let it go on the radio. Lamone, we're going to have to say good. We're going to have to say good night. Oh, how's the family doing? How's your dad feeling? Feeling better? Yeah, doing much better. Thank you for asking. I, I hope so. Did you give give them a hug for me like I asked you, your mom and dad? I did. And Thank and, you and very much. You, they said next time they yeah. go out to Vegas, they'll, they'll they'll look you up. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, that'll be good. I hope they do. And then they'll come back here. Oh, we had so much fun. We're moving to Vegas. But they feel like, oh, don't they, be they, they joke about it all the time, so you'll be their best friend if they do. Okay, well, they'll come back with the afros and the tan on them. They come back home. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to let you go. Have a good night. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Take care. Are, are you going to be live he, next Saturday? Yeah. Uh, yes, we should be. All right. What about Friday? You going to do the show live Friday? Yep. Live show Friday, too. Yep. Actually, I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on here every Monday, Monday through Friday. I'm going to be on WBSM now, uh, from 9 a.m. to noon. So what, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. your time? I told you that you were going to be having your own show by the name, didn't I? After we, after I got you, got you into the seat right there at the, uh, you know, midnight of the desert. I had other plans for you. I was try, I was well, hoping with the next eight years, try, try get to you keep, in, uh, get you political office. I don't know about that. Too many, the, too many skeletons you, in the closet are actually hanging up in my office. But those skeletons might be the ones that might help you. All right, that you, might be, be helpful. To you. We're, we're up against and, the news here, so we're gonna have to let you go. After all this time, I haven't talked to anybody. Going, it's, off like that. it's, it's, it's the terrible. news break. I have to do it. All right. Take care. Have a good no night. Enjoy the game. God bless you.
You as well. God bless you. Take Bye. care. Good luck on your wedding, young lady. Thank you. Oh, right. Come visit me before you get married. <laughs> All right. See you later. I like to buy jewelry for my women, too, if kids didn't know. All right. Okay. That's, that's, we're good. We're just, what I do is I just pot him down, then he just keeps talking. Uh, so, yeah. So, we, we found out a lot about Lamone in that call. I'm confused. So, he hasn't seen my TikTok. It was just my voice. Yeah, just your voice. Okay. That's all I needed. And knowing that, Some you know, you're similar jazz. to Lizzie Boyden. So, um, yeah, that's that's Lamone. Oh, he, he's uh, he's out there in Las Vegas. He was a regular caller to the Midnight in the Desert show that I used to host. And then he followed us over to Midnight Society. And now he's calling it on Spooky South Coast. So he's a character. We love him. <laughs> Good catching up with you, Lamone. We only have about a minute left, though, until we go to the news. So I had to let you go. And uh, and also he has a tendency to derail the conversation. I don't so, know what we were talking about. Well, it was Lizzie Borden. We'll get back into it. Lizbeth Borden. Mm -hmm. We'll get back into it when we come back on the other side of the news. We'll also find out about some other places that Amanda has been. Uh, really quickly, let's tell everybody how they can follow you if they want to, you know, during the news, jump on TikTok, jump on Instagram. Tell them all the places to find you. Um, so it's at Spooky New England on TikTok, um, which is where I'm most infamous. Um, and then Spooky New England Ghoul on Instagram. Um there's a lot of them spooky ne ghoul on um twitter and then oh my god i suck at this can i say suck on the radio you can't you already um, did so. suck <laughs> um and then it, amanda mullet on facebook all right so uh go check Self that out plug. go follow her if you need some of that uh, sent back your way email me tim at spooky crew tim tim at spooky south coast.com and uh and i will send you that info all right back with more spooky south coast in just a moment here on wbsm South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with my in-studio guest, Amanda Millette, who is rocking out to that Hi. theme by our friends <laughs> Under the Question. You like that song? Yes, yeah, yeah. Slaps. It, yeah. <laughs> As the youths would say. <laughs> it was uh, It was made by, by a friend of mine and, and his musical partner, and it was originally the theme song when I took over Midnight in the Desert, and then it was the theme song of Midnight Society, and then when the rentals started giving us music for, you know, to use on Midnight Society, it's like, this is too good. We have to... We have to keep using this theme, so we shifted it over to Spooky South Coast, and it and it works. Sounds really good. I love it. And uh, we are here talking about Amanda's journey in the world of the paranormal. And uh, as she mentioned before the break, you can follow her on TikTok at Spooky New England and see some of her adventures. We're going to talk about some of those before time runs out. Hopefully, uh, we're also going to be talking more about Lizbeth Borden, or as some of you probably call her Lizzie Borden, even though. She didn't want to be called that. Uh, we'll talk more about that. But we do have a call on the line. You can call in 508-996-0500 if you would like to get involved in the discussion. If you want to say hi to Amanda, if you have some questions, uh, maybe you want to 
offer her to plane tickets to wherever you live, like Lamone did. <laughs> you know, as long as you have some good haunts there, she's probably uh probably game for going. But, but just make sure, make sure you tell me make sure you tell me where you're going so that I can you know okay. rescue you if uh, of these. But what if there's candy and they say it's haunted? If that's all it takes. Don't I just? <laughs> let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're next on Spooky 14, South Coast. Oh, oh, hold on. That was me. That was my fault. You do that every time. Yeah, I do. I, it's a it's a bad habit. Hello, you're on Spooky South Coast. Good evening. Hey, Tim, it's August. How you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. Amanda, how are you? Good. How are you doing? You I'm already doing said great. you're great. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> hey, that's my daughter's name, by the way. Oh, it's a good name. Now, good choice. Yeah, and listen, I, I, the, the question that I, I have, I mean, I've, I've traveled all over this country investigating high-profile areas. And um, I have the Paranormal Adventures page uh, on Facebook, the Paranormal Adventures page on uh, YouTube, and of course, Tim, you're, you're a part of that. Sure. Um, and I have investigated the Lizzie Borden house since we are talking about Lizzie Borden tonight. Now, I understand that uh, U.S. Ghost Adventures uh, purchased the Lizzie Borden house. I believe the guy's name is uh, Lance Zoll, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes. I, I want to get the feedback from the both of you here. Uh, what are your feelings about the things they want to start doing at the Lizzie Borden House. For example, they they want to start having axe throwing right. contests. I mean, they've been getting criticized a lot uh, about wanting to do something like that, having an axe throwing contest, having live music uh, at the house. Um, they also want to do these 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 paint nights, what they call them, like little Bob Ross uh, paint nights. Instead of painting little clouds, we like to paint little red axes. I mean, do you think this is somewhat disrespectful to the memory of the victims, Andrew and, and Abby in this case? So let me just address it this way. First of all, uh, let me say that um, Amanda is contractually obligated not to speak on this. Uh, oh, I got you. As a, as a former short-term employee. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she, she really shouldn't comment mm. uh but, but i will tell I you I, I will tell you that she is really holding back you know trying to hold back here um what i'll say yeah. is this that when you purchase a property obviously it is yours to do with as you wish right. uh mm -hmm. and uh, certainly the, the vision that they have for what they're going to do there is different than what has been done there in the past it's not something that i agree with uh but okay. also you know they they have their fan base and they have people who have been going there and you know the and, and, and we did a show where we read some negative reviews of the place and there have mm -hmm. been a lot of positive reviews it. that have yeah. been uh posted recently too so it seems like you know they're ironing out some of the the bugs that they might have had going on there as for whether or not things like that are disrespectful uh i'll phrase it like this i think that commercializing the tragedy that happened there is not a good thing to do. But mm -hmm. I will say that even just the creation of a bed and breakfast could be looking, you know, back in 1996 could be looked at as commercialization of the murders, uh, having yeah. paranormal events there. Like I've held over the years could yeah. be looked at as that too. And a lot of people, August, as you know, there's people who look at what we do 
and think that what we do is disrespectful mm. just in trying to communicate with these spirits or, you know, you, know, yeah. you know, revisiting these places and bringing up these tragedies that have happened. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not pretty, you're, you're not really much in favor of what they're looking to do about it. You're right. It is, it is their property. They paid and almost uh, $2 million. They, so they, you know, they, they, they exactly. need to recoup those costs somehow. Right. Absolutely. So I just wanted to get, I mean, I'm not going either way on this. I just want to get uh, your feedback. And of course, Amanda, you know, being contractually under, you know, obligation not to speak, and I, I can respect that. But I just wanted to get your feedback on that. And let me ask you this: When are you going back to do an investigation at Lizzie Borden? And if, and if you are, is it going to be open again to other investigators? So, from my understanding, uh, I'm not exactly sure how it how it's working out. If they're allowing, you can rent the whole place out for the night. Uh, it's right. very, very costly. It's not like it was back in the days before where, right. you know, a lot of times if it was a slow night, Leanne would just say, hey, just come on by anyway. But there's, you know, there is a, a, a mechanism in place in their booking to be able to book the whole house for the night. From my understanding, right. and this is just based on what I've read on the reviews and what I've heard from talking to people that have gone there. Even if you rent the whole house out for the night, they still have their nightly ghost tour that you have to accommodate as part of the rental. So there's that to take into fact into account when you're mm. thinking about doing so. The other part of it is um, I don't I haven't seen them having any other outside people come in to run events there or anything. So I, I think that it's if you are going to go in there and investigate, you're going to be limited under the umbrella of how they do things and that's not a way that i'm going to operate just my own personal choice uh-huh. i'm not going to go in there and, and do an investigation in that in that regard first of all I, I generally don't pay for investigations unless i'm holding an event and selling tickets and second yeah. of all um i don't I, I would not stop in the middle of my investigation to allow a tour to come through or, or another you know a group ghost hunt to come in that wasn't part of my event because that can change the entire atmosphere of the night and you could build up you could start at 5 p.m and build up a rapport with these spirits and then everybody Mm -hmm. else comes in at nine and and the energy just changes and so uh, it's just it's not a way that i would want to do it so what you're saying is even though you're paying all that money to go in there to rent the whole entire house you still have to accommodate these other people coming in from my understanding as well yeah okay that that definitely wouldn't work uh and, so and that's, that's good the, the one thing that I have been, you know, publicly vocal about is, you know, I as they're making changes and they're 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 um, re- making renovations, things that they feel that need to be replaced. Uh, I yeah. would hope that they were keeping with the historic theme. They don't really, they don't really seem to be doing that in the things that I've seen. And then the other thing that bothers me, and I'm not, you know, I'm not shy about saying this, the yeah. idea of putting beds in the basement. They they beds made in the basement. they put two beds in the basement. Two they made two little makeshift rooms out of some you know Chinese screens, and they rent those out as the most expensive rooms in the house. And to me, oh I, I've spent a lot of time in that basement. Uh, I don't think that you know I would want to stay there if I was. I mean, I understand the appeal of staying in the basement if I'm somebody that wants to go there and, and do an investigation, but I yeah. don't know that those would be the sleeping accommodations that I would want. And I and I would I would question how safe that is. Well, that, that's really good information uh, to know because we were thinking about doing something this fall uh, with the Lizzie Board, and, uh, but now knowing all this information, I think we'll I mean, I, up, listen, uh, August, I would say definitely, you know, call and make sure 
that because, yeah. like I said, I could be you know talking out of my rear end here and not know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I would say call them and find out for sure. You know, for all yep. I know, that you know maybe this was uh, you know just somebody's uh, individual experience that they wrote a review about and they they made changes. Uh, maybe they'd be willing to accommodate you if you asked them not to do it. I don't know. So I would say uh-huh. you know don't don't let my comments keep you from wanting to go there. I would say call them and talk to them. The, the person who is the manager of the house, Jared, is a great guy, yeah. and he's yeah. you know his family was associated with that place for a long time. So I would say you know call him, talk to him, and he'll be able to give you the insight better than I can. I want to say, you, sorry. I want to say the the go the group ghost hunt things are only on certain nights, so you just have to be careful what just night. Just pick you a night book. where they don't do it. Yeah, you just have to what pay nights, attention uh, to that. You know, Amanda, what nights mm, are they? I don't remember the top of my head. I want to say over the summer it was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't actually know. I'm just making stuff up, like on a Tuesday or something. Like just don't book on a Tuesday oh, or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I would say rather than going through, I'd have to ask them. Yeah, yeah. Before you go through the online booking process, I would definitely call and and talk to Jared. Now, from some of these reviews, they say it's very hard to get in touch with people over there. So if you if you call and you don't reach somebody, I know that if you email the main email address, Jared will get that and respond to you. Okay, Amanda, where are you from? Um, I'm from New Hampshire. Oh, from New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. so you're local to New England there. Okay. Oh, yeah. I thought definitely. they'd be like, don't ask me why, but for some reason I'm thinking New Jersey or Maryland. Oh, don't no. ask me why. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I don't mean it like that, but no, I'm a New Englander. I'm a Yankee. No, it's That's fine. You should mean it like that. Who the hell wants like to come from Delaware? You know, I'm a Yankee girl. You know, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're tough. We're firm, so, you know. Uh, so, when, uh, uh, Tim, when is your next gig coming up with? An investigation. Um, like we're, yeah, we're, we've got a couple things planned. Uh, so far, all that we have going on is uh, we'll be doing something at the Wayside Inn in, in uh, Sudbury uh, coming up in April. And that oh. place is amazing. We did that last last October. What a place. And I can yep. tell you, we're going to feed you like you've never been fed as part of that well, event. And then we're going to be doing something in June at the SK Pierce uh, Mansion. So that's going to be happening uh, June 4th. And, you know, all this stuff is right up at SpookySouthCoast.com under the events tab. Gotcha. And, of course, I did investigate that uh, SK Pierce Mansion. That place is absolutely gorgeous. Right. I mean, it is just, it's, it's, it's really gorgeous. You are really going to love that place. I've, I've been there a bunch of times. This will be my oh, first so time. Been there many, many times. It'll be Amanda's first time, yeah. But I've, I've been oh, there a Amanda bunch of times. Yeah, you've been. You're going to be in for a treat. Uh, my group, the Rhode Island Paranormal uh, Research Group, we went there for the first time last year, and I was absolutely impressed with that place. It's amazing. And I've I've been there through all the different phases of the renovations, and I have to say, what Rob and Allison have been doing, and Marion and helping to manage it, it, it is a it's a real gem. What they've been able to turn it into. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to go back there again. That's another uh, another one of our. Uh, hit list for uh, this year. So, all right, guys, listen, I won't take up much of your time. I really appreciate you giving me all this uh, uh, feedback. It's pretty valuable to me. So uh, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Amanda. And uh, keep up the good work and keep on ghost hunting. All right. Great talking to you. Stay safe out there. Okay. You too, Tim. Bye-bye. Bye, Amanda. Bye. That is August. And, uh, and if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. That's the way to call in. You can also email Tim at SpookyCrew.com or SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com as well. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, because we were talking about some of the different aspects of how they accused Lizzie Borden. Uh, you, you know, you had mentioned this during the during the break there. We started talking about the dress that she supposedly burned.
Right. And so the the theory, the speculation is like, why would she burn a dress? She burned the dress that had mm-hmm. everybody's blood all over mm-hmm. it. Uh, so so you know, give us your thoughts on the dress burning nice, story. Nice. Um, yeah. Every single argument that there is for her guilt, I can give you an argument for her innocence. Um, so people say like, oh well, she burned the dress, and that was what made the Fall River Police Department arrest her. But what really happened was they did a full and thorough search of the house. They saw the dress that she was wearing that day. They confiscated it and sent it to a lab. They found only one tiny, tiny speck of blood on the inside of her petticoat, the smaller than the size of a, an end of a, a, a pin. Um, you know, she was on her period. Um, that's not a lot, a whole lot of blood. But they literally were like, oh, this is not a lot of blood. You know, that's not enough evidence here. We got to get another dress. So they went back over there after already searching the house up and down, up and down looking at all the dresses and everything. Um, they went back there, but at that point, um, Lizzie and Emma were, um, you know, like in the kitchen, whatever. And Emma was like, that dress has paint on it. Why don't you like get rid of it? Um, and Lizzie was like, oh, I guess so. Cause the search was already done. So why not? Why not have some sense of normalcy back in here? Um, and I guess it was their custom to burn dresses. So they, they burned it. Um, and the police were right outside the whole time. They didn't stop them. Nothing like that. And the whole thing was Alice Russell, who I like to call a um, S-H-I-T friend, um, said, you know, walked yeah, by. I think that still counts as a swear. I'm not sure. Does it? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm so sorry. I was trying really hard not to swear. Um, anyway, so she's not a good friend. Um, she walked by, saw her, and she said, you know, I, Lizzie, I wouldn't let anyone see you doing that. She was like, oh, well, what, Emma, why didn't you stop me? And so... The follower police department came back to get another dress and they found out one was burned. They're like, there we go. Now we can arrest her. So they did. And from my understanding, you know, you mentioned that she was menstruating at the time. From my understanding. <laughs> you mentioned she was menstruating. <laughs> from my understanding, they would burn the rags that they used and that's how they would dispose of them because it wasn't, you know, there wasn't disposable. Is that what they did? Yes. I don't hear about that. Yes. I have to look at more about the menstruation of the of the Victorian situation age. Yeah, that's the, what they would do. Yeah. They would they cuz they ha- they didn't have disposable, you know, sanitary napkins like we have now. So they would use cloth and then they would burn mm-hmm. the cloth. Interesting. So, you know, you could only well, wash them so many times. Yeah. Well, so. oh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I knew there were bloody rags in the basement, but yeah, traditionally like every time they had anything like that they want to get rid of, they just put it on the fire. Like notes. Right. I do that too. I mean, I was camping one time and I was like, let me just throw this milk jug in the fire. And that was a bad idea. Why would you put plat? I, I, I didn't know. I was young. I can still smell it in the back of my nostrils. Yeah. Is that the fumes going to your brain? Is that why you said that? That's pretty that much why I am. Was ugly. That's why yes. I am the way I am now. Uh, so if you look at the way that that trial shook out, you know, we, we, we've, We've talked about that, you know, ad nauseum here on the show. Uh, I think a lot of the TV shows that have gone and told this story and the documentaries, they've all gone through the trial. Uh, and and we talked a little bit about the way that it was covered. But what about afterward? I mean, I know that this is a big part of, you know, what interests you about this story is the Lisbeth that existed after the trial was over and moved to Maplecroft and, and tried to go on with her life being ostracized from the rest of the Fall River community. Yeah, I mean, like this part in particular makes me like the more. So when I first started reading about like 
the Borden case, I was thinking, oh, maybe they were all in on it. But the more I read about Lizbeth, the more I thought, okay, she's definitely innocent. And the more I thought the police department, you know, like I said before, basically just wanted to make an arrest and they were lazy, honestly. Um, and once she was, you know, said, oh, she's not guilty. They didn't investigate any further. They, they were like, oh, well, nope, that's that's her. That's what we said. Um, but she, yeah, she finally, you know, she after the trial, she went home. All she wanted to do was go home. Um, of course, she bought Maplecroft. People say, oh, you know, she got exactly what she wanted. She got her father's money and bought this whole mansion. Why would she want to stay at a place where her father was brutally murdered? Right. Like, that. <laughs> You know what? Anything about trauma, that's trauma. Um, so she was not, not only that, it, it wasn't it wasn't a very Oh, um, she didn't want to live there in the first place. Yeah, it wasn't a very accommodating place right. to live in eighteen ninety three at this point. Right. Because you didn't have indoor plumbing and mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have all the amenities that you could have somewhere else. Yeah. Not not worth killing someone over and I don't think she did that, but No right. Yeah. She, well what do you think? What do I think? Mm-hmm. Do I wanna know? When I'm I, here to spread the good word of her innocence here. <laughs> when I first started looking into this, uh, I was convinced. I don't want to say convinced because I didn't really, I didn't really have a position one way or the other. I thought that it was likely that she was the murderer. I felt like, uh, you know, Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is usually mm-hmm. the right one. And then the more that I started to look into it, I realized, well there's a lot of inconsistencies with the accusations. There's a lot of, there's missing inquest testimony that, you know, we know is locked up in a lawyer's office in Springfield. Uh, there's, there. which they steal the declaration of independence. So from what they've said, and I've spoken to people there on the phone, they will not ever release them, but they have said that whatever is, what is in those documents does not reveal anything one way or the other. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I, I started to think about all these different angles of, you know, why would it be somebody else? And I went through in my mind all the different other possibilities. And I just came to the conclusion that I'm not going to solve it and it's not my job to solve it. My my job, as I saw it, in being associated with that house for as long as I was, was to talk more about the ghosts that were there and the paranormal activity that was there. And that's usually the case the way that I look at a lot of other locations. So I don't feel like I need to dive into the true crime aspect of, of that case because that's just not my job and that's not my, my area of expertise. Fair. <laughs> and I'm not saying like I'm an expert or anything. I mean, I've only been studying it for like a year. Like there's people who've been studying it for like 15 years sure. and they're still not sure, you know? I mean, I know people who've been studying it for their whole lives, yeah. and, you know, 50, 60 years who still haven't, you know, reached any kind of conclusion on it. But I just, I feel almost like at this point, at least in terms of what interests me about, about it, like who committed the murders is not of any relevance except for like, if those are the kind of responses I'm getting when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, investigating. Interesting. But then again, you know, I understand why people want to go there for that purpose because people don't love unsolved mysteries. They love to think that they're the ones that can figure things out and solve it. And, you know, out of, out of all the cases that we've seen, you know, we've seen the, you know, the, um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the hotel. But the Elisa Lamb, you know, that story. Uh, we've seen, you know, some other like true crime things that have broken in the last five to 10 years where all of these internet 
sleuths are, you know, trying to be the ones to crack these cases, most people don't seem interested in, in trying to get to the root of the Lizzie Boyden case. They, they just have their stance that they think one way or the other, uh, or the other and they go with that. Yeah. And I, I think that's a disservice, really. I just like want to, I feel like for so long, it's just like everyone, you know, you grow up in New England, you hear the nursery rhyme, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll just say it because not everyone knows the rhyme, right? But Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done. She gave her father 41. I'm going to be a rapper. Um, but people just assume, yeah, no, she's guilty. Like, that's what I assumed. But what are the reasons why people assume that? It like all goes all the way back to the Fall River Police Department in the 1800s pinning out on her. It goes back to yellow journalism. It goes back to honestly sexism as far as like a way that women are supposed to behave so it's just like this whole narrative that is passed on through generation through generation through generation of oh yeah it was definitely her i mean she she was you know found not guilty but it was definitely her but no one ever actually looks at that like i when i started posting about her and like my research random people would be like no yeah no i'm pretty sure she's guilty and then i give them all these examples and then they go Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So and like, I'm not pretending to know someone, know more than someone who's been studying it their whole lives, but like the average lay person who just assumes that she's guilty. I, I, I argue that I know more than them. Well, there are a lot of people who are self-proclaimed experts who, mm. you know, have never really looked into it as much as they claim they do. Uh, but the, I, I think if you look back and this is just my own speculation and very rudimentary research into this this aspect of the story it was it went quiet for a long time after the trial and, and all of that sure of course in fall river it's always going to be something that's you know talked about but it wasn't this you know national um attraction about the lizzie borden case until you know the the victoria lincoln book came out in the 60s i think that really kind of brought it back to attention because it started talking about basically bipolar disease before we really had a term for that. And then there was the 1975 TV movie with Elizabeth Montgomery. Mm -hmm. And that really, like my mother was always obsessed with Lizzie Borden, but it was because of watching that movie. Uh, You know, that really kind of hammered it home for a lot of people too. Well, it's like, I, um, I just watched something last night um, and it literally was like, this historian was like, yeah, she was a sociopath. And I was literally yelling at the TV, like people are going to do on Super Bowl Sunday, because uh, she literally broke down crying so many times. She's cried so many times that she'd vomited. Like, literally at the trial, the prosecutor would say, r- like right after she broke down in tears, he'd say, now I'm not saying she doesn't have any feelings, but she doesn't have any feelings. She's, you know, she's showing this demeanor. Literally, like, they said that so much in the trial and, like, in the newspapers that by the time people actually saw Lizzie Borden emerge from the crowd, they'd say, oh, well, she's not anything like I thought she would be. That she, I thought she'd be, like, this jacked, axe-wielding psychopath. I mean, if she'd killed a lot of people with an axe, then, yeah, she definitely would have yeah. been jacked. Because, like, you can't swing an axe a bunch of times and not pump, you know, get a little pumped up from it. But uh, the, and plus if you go to Stumpy's Hatchet House, they have that mural on the wall. I was just thinking that. She's pretty jacked in that mural too. Yeah. Um, She's obviously thrown a lot of, a lot of axes at Stumpy's. But the, I think it's, it's easy to assume guilt because 
the way that we portray these trials, I mean, especially if you've come into this story, if you grew up, you know, in the 1990s or, or after, if you lived through the OJ trial, you know, that's a, a really good analogy that people will make with this, calling it the OJ trial of its time. Mm -hmm. Well, wasn't you know. it in the same town too? No, that was in California. Darn. I'm thinking um, of something else. <laughs> no, you're thinking of the... Um, I know so much, guys. You're mm -hmm. thinking of the cult crimes. The cult crimes that happened in Fall River. The Carl Drew murder. Um, we can get into that. That's a whole different thing. There's a good documentary series you can watch on that. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but there's, you know, the idea of this being the crime of the century. And it, and it had all the headlines and everybody was, you know, focused on waiting for the verdict and all of that. Um, so when... When people become that invested in it, they almost want the outcome to be that she was guilty because anything less than that, you feel unsatisfied right. for all the investment that you put into it. So I think anybody that starts researching into this uh, for uh, on a surface level mm -hmm. without really diving in mm -hmm. like you're trying to do, they will come away with that feeling of guilty just because they want to feel like the effort that they're putting in has a, a final answer. Mm -hmm. And her being acquitted on all charges, that still makes it a mystery and that leaves it unsolved. And that makes it an open-ended thing and we don't like open-ended things. That's a really good point. The other part of it too, and we talked about this uh, a little bit in the first hour, is, let's just dive a little bit deeper. Women don't get the same benefit of the doubt when they're accused of crimes. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Plus, they, they, they don't, if, if it was a man who was obviously not guilty that they were pinning this on, they would not be doing that because, oh, it's the, they'll be hurting their name and their business in town, but she was a woman. She was viewed as disposable. Well, if, that, on the bus. if that same murder, you know, same circumstances, everything around it happened today, what would be the word that they would throw around for Lizzie Borden unjustly? It's not Borden, but it starts with a B. You know, I thought we weren't. You told me before the I, show that we, I need to stop swearing. We can't say and it I'm on the I'm trying air. really hard. But, um, but that's, you know, that's the way that people would approach yeah. it. And that's, that's an unfair characterization just based on the accusations. And, you know, the, the court of public opinion doesn't follow the same legal guidelines that the actual court does. Right. Uh, so, and I think that there's still a lot of that residual feeling about her that is carried through. Mm -hmm. And well, plus, it, it's unfair. Well, plus like the newspapers that were the cheapest at the time and most accessible were the ones that were basically like tabloids. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, she's guilty. Also, she had a weird affair with her uncle. Like, you know, like the weird, like literally made up stuff. The other, the other. <laughs> what was that look? <laughs> I just, I hadn't heard the, about the affair with the uncle. You didn't? No. Well, so literally they retracted it immediately and they were like, I'm so sorry. That was fake. Well, I'll have to make a video on that now, don't I? Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like you should. And you haven't heard of that? <laughs> oh, maybe okay. I didn't. I just forgot about it. I was so invested in the Lizzie Andrew inappropriate relationship story for so long because it just kept coming up again and again and again. And then we got the supposed proof of that, uh, that it just kind of, you know, that, that kind of took over in my mind as being the case. Another thing that makes me yell at the TV. I know. I know, but as as I said, if I didn't know that those letters existed, I I wouldn't have leaned so hard into it. Yeah, show, can you show, like can you delve like for people listening, like 
the letters. What letters so are you talking su- about? Supposedly, you know, as I, as I said earlier, Andrew and Lizzie had an inappropriate relationship. That's the story that came up mostly through things that were told to us by psychics over the years. And then, you know, huge speculation based on the fact that was that was it Lizzie wore Andrew's high school ring or Andrew wore Lizzie's high school ring. But there was you know, um, Liz, Lizzie gifted him a gold ring that he wore. Well, so and he's still wearing in the ground. Well, I mean, that's not he didn't. That doesn't mean anything. Right. Is that what right? the letter said? No, no, no. That's what like some, it's something that's come up in the in the in the legend over the years. So the idea of them having this inappropriate relationship and she murdered Abby because Abby knew about it and let it happen. And then she murdered Andrew, obviously, because, you know, she blamed him for this. But if you think about what was going on, she was a 33 year old woman. I mean, how much fault would I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speculate because I feel like that's mm. you know un- unfair. But so the the idea of this relationship has been brought up again and again. It's been used as fodder in investigations to mm-hmm. try and get you know interactions out of the spirits. And but and for oh, I wonder why it's a negative reaction. But for a lot, and it, the, the kind of I don't want to call it's it rude. a joke, but like the running belief was, I would go over there, I would open up the door, I would yell the I word, and as soon as I would say that. Oh. Uh, you know, all hell would break loose. And it was true. Like saying that word would invoke activity. And we thought that was, you know, them responding to this story getting out there, but it could have also been them responding to false accusations that upset them. Yeah. If I'm being honest, like I've one time I was at the house in December and I was like giving my friends, I was forcing them to watch me give them an informal tour because I'm a dork. Um, It very much felt like the people in the house, Bordens, whatever spirits were there, were watching us. And there mm-hmm. were, we had responses to that effect. I want to say that like when I'm watching these paranormal shows, I'm like, can you imagine them standing there listening, listening to these people say these awful things about well, them? Th- did you ever see? They're intelligent spirits, well, let me, let in me, my opinion. Let me, let me just wrap up the letters really quick, just yeah. so I don't leave people hanging. So <laughs> years later, you know, as after we started talking about this, a friend of mine who is a Borden expert was explaining to me that a member of the extended family had these letters in their possession. And in those letters, which came from other members of the extended family after the trial, uh, after the murders took place, these letters hinted at that inappropriate relationship. So, you know, in a way people look at that as saying like, Oh, that's proof that this was, you know, going on because by the way, if you're listening on the stream, I apologize for the things that keep firing off on their own. But they, they say those, that's proof that there was a relationship going on. And all it really proves is that there were rumors of a relationship that was going mm-hmm. on. And I think most people who looked at, it's probably not that uncommon mm-hmm. to look at adult children that stay with the father and, mm-hmm. and live there and say, oh, yeah, gee, I wonder if there's something going on. Going on. Yeah. yeah. So I think that mm-hmm. that's part of it. Uh, going, going back to your other point, um, which remind me what you said. Because I lost my train of thought. Um, well, I well I want to real quickly say that like, it's not uncommon for people in that family to say bad things about the Bordens that weren't even true. I mean, like Hiram C. Harrington didn't like Andrew Borden, and he even said, "Oh yeah, I had a very intimate conversation with Lizzie, and oh she she definitely killed them." You know, he was doing this to get attention. True. Um, and literally the conversation they had was just like. He went in and he was in there for three minutes. There's no way that she gave all this information to him. Like, oh, she, he killed, 
she killed him because of money, unquestionably money, you know, like. Well, and, and you, so going back to what you said, you had mentioned the fact that, you know, the, that you felt the spirits of the Bordens were there and that they were watching you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can honestly say that I can say without question that the spirits that I've encountered there are the Bordens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is that EVP that was captured on the investigation we did with Wailing City Ghosts, which was put in the most recent Lizzie Borden shock doc on uh, on Discovery Plus. It was not captured on that night, as they said. Um, that was kind of a little bit confusing in the narrative. It was actually captured with us in Wailing City Ghosts, in which you know we caught the voice of Lizzie Borden saying, "But I'm a good daughter," or what we think is Lizzie Borden, you know, this mm-hmm. female voice with a Victorian lilt saying, "But I'm a good daughter," and. Um, that one clip aside, I've often felt that it doesn't have to be the Bordens that are there. It just has to be pretending to be the Bordens. Oh, yeah. No, I've definitely had spirits come through that pretend to be her. Like I was in um, her bedroom doing something and I came back into the room where my friends were investigating. They said, oh, it just it literally just said, you're in my room. It's Lizzie. And I literally just said, I really I highly doubt Liz, Lizbeth would refer to herself as Lizzie. True. She did not want to be called that. It didn't say anything else. I'm like, there's, I mean, I mean, you keep investigating somewhere. Other spirits are going to be drawn to a place. Yes. Sure. But But. the, the other question that's popped up recently since Maplecroft started being investigated was, you know, and they of course keep encountering Lizbeth spirit there. Mm -hmm. The, the question becomes, well, how can she be in two places at once? Well, first of all, we don't know how this stuff works. So it's entirely possible that she could, but also, and keep in mind too that these might not be her, like legitimate, whole spiritual self. Mm-hmm. But you echoes, think like an echo, yeah, echoes of her, yeah. Um, and I don't mean echoes like as in just residual audio. I mean like it could be just like that could be where that portion of her personality from that time is. Uh, but I also think it's very very likely that you know as as we've discussed before, there's the dark thing that lives there In that the just pretends to be the Bordens. Yeah. Have, yeah, you've seen it. You mean the the shadow person. Mm-hmm. But I mean that was just a manifestation of it, but right. it's not it's not a person. Well, the shadow figure whatever it was. I had oh. Okay, mm-hmm. you keep talking. One of the we, we 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 wait we what take the calls when we're ready. Um one of the housekeepers there um and I love her and I miss her forever, but she said that she was down there and she saw something crouching behind like the linens like in the same spot where i saw you don't believe that no 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 I'm oh sorry you're like okay stop making faces sorry. um she described it as like long black hair and like a white shirt i'm like that's just really creepy and i believe her that she saw that like so <laughs> when when we first started investigating there uh way back in 2007 six 2006 Leanne told us about the consistent reports of there being this rotting meat smell, garbage smell, hot garbage smell. You know, like that's how people would describe this odor that people would encounter in the basement. And I experienced that uh, on multiple occasions. And if you listen to the people who investigate and encounter what they feel are demonic spirits, I don't like the term demonic because I think that that's a human construct. Mm. Um, Dark. yeah, I just, I look at, I look at it as the fact that as, as much as, you know, we know that there's positive energy, so there also has to be negative energy. And 
Just as much as some places can radiate positivity, there are other places that radiate negativity. And I think that there's one of those negativity pockets where the Borden House is, which we can go all the way back to when it was part of the Freetown State Forest and go all the way back to when, it, you know, before it was a state forest, obviously, but it was the same forest. And back when the Native <laughs> Americans wouldn't go to that area, even though it's right at the mouth of the river in the bay, it would have been perfect for them to go and camp and fish and, you know, have all of their activities by the water, but they felt that that area was cursed. Uh, so whatever this thing is that's down there, it manifests itself when people are talking about the murders. And so it, it feeds off of that negative energy. And so you are going to encounter it and maybe it's going to pretend to be the Bordens to kind of lull you into Mm -hmm. having a conversation and sticking around and feeding it more of that negative energy. Or pushing you against a wall. Yep, that happens. Choking, scratching, throwing upstairs, throwing downstairs, all of that stuff. Yeah, if you're a jerk. Not all of it was when I was a jerk. Some, some of it was after I stopped being a jerk. Oh, well, they probably remember you. <laughs> That's true, too. It's like... Have you ever considered the fact that maybe they like me better? Of course. I've definitely considered that fact. I've also considered the fact that if it is Lizbeth Borden who is there, she has developed this kinship with you. And so you're going to have a completely different experience than somebody else who might go there. My biggest fear is that I talk about her all the time and I love her and that she doesn't know I exist. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I well, think I'll I, see I, soon. I think I'm going to reach out to her soon. Even but. ghost Lizbeth probably has TikTok at this point. <laughs> She's... She's on her ghost phone, like, <laughs> scrolling through. I mean, oh, that's another Amanda video. Um, I mean, how'd you think you got, you know, all those millions of views? Some of them had to be ghosts, right? Those aren't real. Those are dead people. <laughs> uh, I believe you were the one that said ghosts are people oh, no. too. Yeah, they, that's true. Who's being judgmental now? Mm. Well, it is weird that like everything had to line up for me to be able to do this. Like I had this overwhelming feeling that she was innocent. I saw the ladybug at her grave and I thought, I need to talk about this. I started talking about it, immediately went viral. I, sorry, I know we have a phone call, sir. No, it's Lamont, I'm not gonna go to it. Um, And it's like all these things, it's like immediately viral every time I talked about it. And then I like stopped by the courthouse where she was tried. And I was just like doing a little video on the outside, whatever, I was gonna talk about the history. I get in my car, a woman knocks on my window and she said, hey, you know, if you go up there, they might they might let you in there. And they did, and I got permission to take photos, like, and it happened to be at the exact right time. They're like, oh yeah, it's weird. People keep trying to get in here to do videos and everything, but you just happen to come at the exact right time. It was just very freaky. I if sound you, like an insane person. <laughs> if you want, we could get you, before you head home tonight, we could get you arrested. And then you could go to the Ash Street Jail where they have Lizzie Borden's bed. Didn't I already say that I was going to get arrested so I could go there? Uh, I think you did. So she didn't actually stay in the... The Ash Street Jail's been around since that time. But she didn't actually stay in the Ash Street Jail. She stayed in the Sheriff's Home, which was the building next to it, which is now their administrative offices. Uh, but the the supposedly the bed that she slept in when she was there is now stored... Uh, it was in the attic of the Ash Street Jail, but I believe they might have moved it to the basement. I forget. Um, but, you know, if you watch that episode of Haunted Towns, you know, they actually get to go to the jail and they get to interview the sheriff and uh, and talk to him about it. So he gives them a little bit of insight and, and into the time that she spent at the, at the sheriff's home. But, um, I mean, you know, all you have to do is get arrested. And they'll throw you in Ash Street. 
And then I can be just like Liz Path. Right, except you think she was falsely accused. You, right. You would have you would have actually committed a crime. So. Right, but it's not murder. Yeah, don't go that far. Yeah. We we can maybe just some serious vandalism. <laughs> we can get you tossed in there. Uh, but the <laughs> the uh, Miss Beth was innocent. <laughs> spray paint. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just go spray paint it on the side of the house or something. Oh my God. Um, so go start paintball too. We have about five minutes left uh, in in the show here, and I want to I want to make sure that we let people know that you have gone and checked out some other places. Uh, in fact, just last week you were at, a, at an inn and checked out an inn that was kind of a spur of the moment trip, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like. I mean, I make a joke, but I say like, "Oh, I sleep with ghosts." Um, I just, I, I'm a weirdo, and I just go places and I do a little mini investigations. And then you get called names them. for it on social media. Oh yeah, I don't know. People are really mean this week. It's it's, it's been a rough week. It must be like a good sign, though, right? You know, right? Getting the haters. If you don't, yeah, <laughs> they hate but us because they ain't us. They hate. Oh my god! I yes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you can say that on the radio. Sure, it's an anatomically correct. Oh my god. So they, you you got to go there. You've gone to the Conjuring House. Um, oh I, yeah, I'll be back there in, soon. You were in Salem earlier today. I'll be back there tonight. Right. Don't, don't stalk me. <laughs> well, I mean that's Lamone on hold, and, and I just Lamone. I didn't go to you because we were just out of time, and I wanted to cover more with Amanda. Um, we'll just have to give Lamone his own podcast. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about it before. Uh, by the way, Lamone, your phone was excellent tonight. That's usually a, a running joke that his phone is horrible. Uh, so, and you said, so you do have other plans coming up, you know, as, as the weather gets nicer, I'm sure you'll be traveling around, hitting up some more places. Uh, in, in the final couple of minutes, we have bucket list place that you want to go to. Oh, wow. You didn't prepare me for this. Um, I mean, obviously I'd love to go into Amityville, but obviously that's not possible. Well, we're going to try and save up our money. Oh, you know, so I actually have a good one. I really hope I can get there soon. The Velisca Axe Murder House. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. I feel like sometimes my approach to paranormal investigations is a little different and I get good energies from spirits. I sound like an insane person. No, not at all. But I just, I don't know. I feel like I go for like a gentle approach and um, one of the last times I was at the Lizzie Borden house, I had someone say that you know, confirmed a theory that I had and who knows who it was who said it. So I don't know, but I don't know. Maybe I can get some answers. Maybe you, you get more ghosts with honey than you do with vinegar. Right. Uh, ghosts and with honey. And so people can follow along with you. They can uh, check out your TikTok. That's Spooky New England. They can follow you on Instagram. They can follow you on Twitter. They can follow you on Facebook. Do it. You won't. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid we didn't talk about how much how much she's innocent. I think we laid out a pretty good case. Okay. Well, you can watch more of those on my Lizzie Borden playlist. Absolutely. And it's not like this is going to be the only time that you come on the show. Really? Well, I mean... I spent like the first 10 minutes like giggling like an idiot. So. There's still two minutes left that you could blow it. Right. So just try not to do that. But just don't murder you. No, the, the, the first few minutes, don't worry about it. It was your first radio appearance. Everybody handles it differently. Some people just freeze up and don't say anything. So we, you were like, "Yep, we have someone here," and I was like, "Are you gonna say who?" <laughs> we don't always do formal introductions here. Oh. Mm. No, sometimes we just. And once you're on the show once, that officially makes you part of the Spooky Crew family. 
So mm-hmm. then we'll bring you in for like co-hosting and stuff like that. Well, hopefully they actually um, aren't scared of me next time. Just kidding. But nobody's here. Just us. Right. They had other things going on. It haunted radio station. Right. And who knows what's going to happen when we go off the air. Um, that's when all the ghosts would come out before so uh that'll just about do it for tonight's show uh, as uh, of course we'll be back next week with another edition of the program uh and of course if you've missed any episode, i said of course a lot there if you've missed any episodes you can check us out on podcast wherever you find your podcasts uh going back all the way to 2006 they're all there for you and the other big announcement don't forget starting monday morning 9 a.m the tim weisberg show right here on wbsm and streaming on wbsm.com and the wbsm app and it'll also be a podcast after the fact if you can't listen live but you definitely want to tune in and listen live i'll be taking your phone calls i'll be having some special guests uh, and that'll include having midweek with mayor mitchell return on wednesdays at 11 and also city council president ian abrew will be joining me fridays at 10 a.m so you'll get to hear from the mayor you'll get to hear from the president of the city council and we'll have all kinds of other discussions as well so tune into that starting monday morning at 9 a.m looking forward to talking to all of you then until then uh, you know, I'll say I'll include Stephanie and Moniz in this when I say it, uh, even though they didn't come in tonight. I'll include Amanda in this. We want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>